Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Clarifying Catholicism. Ordinarily, we explore theological topics, but in this series, we investigate the writings of, in my opinion, the most important little-known philosopher of the 20th century, Javier Zubiri. This is not a theological series at all whatsoever. However, if you want to do good theology, you'll need a good philosophical backbone first. So if you want to check out the rest of the episodes in this series, check the link in the description. Without further ado, on to the show. What is reality? What is truth? What is being? What is knowledge? To quote one of the most philosophical presidents our great nation has ever seen. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. Or at least I think he was being philosophical there, right? Anyways, to some of you, these questions might seem pretty obvious, like, what is truth? Truth is whatever is real. To others, the questions might seem kind of impossible. What is truth? I don't know, there is no objective truth. Every culture seems to have their own. To others still, some of these questions might seem pretty pointless. What is truth? Who the heck cares? How about you quit making videos on hippie philosophy stuff and get a real job like an engineer, Will? The thing is though, these questions do matter and they do have answers. Think of it like this. Let's say that truth is defined as whatever a divine figure like God tells us is true. And let's say that God tells us that it is morally defensible to steal, murder, or worse, bomb a bacon factory. That definition of truth would be highly restricted to whatever culture or religion claims to have access to such divine wisdom. It's true because the high priest says it's true. Or what if we say that truth is defined as whatever the strongest in society says it is? Then what if a society arises that declares itself the master race and the sole arbiters of truth who seek to impose its values on others and decimate populations that stand in its way? Well, like that would ever happen, right? Or what if we say that truth is totally subjective, that every person gets to decide what is good and evil for themselves? In this world, the only universal truth is that every person ought to define everything they do and are according to their whim from their ethics to their biology. Hmm. When you put things into that perspective, suddenly the definition of truth, reality, and being all seem pretty important. So what is truth? And what is reality? Several philosophers have written hundreds, if not thousands of pages trying to answer these seemingly rudimentary questions, but none, in my opinion, has done as thorough, thoughtful, and nuanced of a job addressing these questions than Spanish philosopher Javier Zubiri. A quick note on Zubiri's resume. In the 20th century, he learned phenomenology with philosophers Edmund Husserl and Martin Heidegger before studying physics, biology, and mathematics. During his years in Berlin, he dialogued with scientific giants such as Albert Einstein, Max Planck, Werner Jaeger, and Erwin Schrödinger. Zubiri's central goal was to build a realist, systematic philosophy that was fully compatible with modern scientific theories, and corrected some errors he saw plaguing the entirety of Western philosophy. Though he admired his philosophical predecessors, from Parmenides to Thomas Aquinas to Heidegger, 
he was highly aware of their flaws and sought to correct for what he viewed as their fundamental mistakes. His years of both scientific and philosophical study culminated in his book Sentient Intelligence, which we will explore in this series. But before we dive into Zubiri's work, it's important to recognize some of the flaws he attributed to his predecessors. And for this, we have to go all the way back to the pre-Socratic philosophers who are, well, basically the guys before Socrates. Around 500 BC, there was this guy named Parmenides, who attempted to answer the seemingly trivial question, what is being? His answer seemed pretty straightforward. Being is that which is. Seems kinda obvious. But it set a pretty important standard that lasted in philosophy for millennia. By saying that being is what is, Parmenides is putting the focus of being on things, as in being is a property that belongs to things, rather than a property that belongs to people or the process of observing things. The difference between these is kind of like debating if the property of speed belongs to the thing that is moving, the person who is seeing it move, or the process of seeing it move. For Parmenides, being is a property that belongs to the thing itself. Thus, we have our first problem of ancient philosophy. Why do we assume that being belongs to things rather than the process of knowing things? Objectum, which is Latin for object, is composed of ob, which means against, and jectum, which means something underlying. Zubiri accuses the Latins who translated Parmenides of only really focusing on the jectum part, as in, a thing's being is reduced to some part of it that lingers on and endures throughout all changes. Later philosophers would call this underlying aspect of a thing the essence of a being. So where exactly do we find such an underlying aspect of a being? If I take apart a tree into atoms, will I somehow find the essential component of tree? This is the second problem of ancient philosophy. If being belongs to things, and we cannot observe their essences, then where are they? Plato, perhaps the most influential philosopher of all time, at least in Western philosophy, answered this question by saying that the essence of a thing is not a physical component, rather it is a spiritual one. You see, the changing physical world is an illusion. What is real are the unchanging forms of things that we have access to via the soul. Thus, being is what is real, and what is real is not the physical world, but is extrinsic to it, only accessible via the soul. When the soul accesses being slash reality, it is accessing truth. Thus, according to Zubiri, being, reality, and truth are kind of just lumped together as this unchanging spiritual property of a thing that is accessed via the soul, not the body. So when you know what a thing is, you know what its underlying reality is. And a thing's reality does not belong to the physical world, rather to the spiritual realm of the soul. And while philosophers like Aristotle would appreciate the physical world for giving us raw particular bits of content, it was ultimately up to the soul to discern and access what a thing's being or reality is. Basically, the physical world gives us scrambled content and the soul unscrambles it to match up with a thing's essence which exists independent of sensation, since it belongs to the thing. Thus, Zubiri identifies what, in his opinion, is the central problem of ancient and medieval philosophy. The body and soul serve fundamentally different roles in the attainment of knowledge. 
The body merely delivers content to the soul, but the soul alone figures out what that thing is. And even if the body plays a part in the attainment of knowledge, the soul is ultimately what determines what is real and what isn't. This vastly downplays the body's role in attaining knowledge, and results in a system that is focused on what Zubiri refers to as sensible intelligence rather than sentient intelligence. There is yet another problem of ancient philosophy. The universe, according to Aristotle, is eternal, and its elements are static. The diversity of things is merely a rearrangement of the universe's eternal elements, but since those core essential elements remain the same, it means that the laws that govern the universe are static, and those laws run from physics to ethics. This could, and arguably did in the late Middle Ages, lead to an overly rigid metaphysics and theology in the Catholic Church. It's a mighty huge assumption to make that all the laws of the universe remain the same, and the legacy of that idea would last until modernity. So let's recap. Here is the ancient philosophical worldview according to Zubiri. Being belongs to things, and it corresponds to what is real. But what is real isn't physical and temporary, rather it is spiritual and eternal. It is the soul's job, as spirit, to tell us what is real. The spirit is therefore superior to the body when it comes to attaining knowledge. And that knowledge, of course, can be close to perfect or true, since the whole universe is a rearrangement of eternal elements. Thus, a proper soul can discern the laws of being, nature, and ethics. Here are Zubiri's problems with this worldview. Why should being belong to things themselves rather than the process of knowing things? Why should we equate being, truth, and reality? How can we assume that knowledge belongs to the soul rather than the body? Why does the spiritual, assuming it even exists, have so much power over the physical when it comes to knowledge? Doesn't the physical world have just as much to do with forming a person's intellect as a supposed spiritual one does? Why should we assume that the universe is eternal and its laws unchanging? These are questions that modern philosophers attempted to address, though Zubiri thinks they did so incorrectly. That's the topic for next episode, though. Until then, have a great day. God bless you.